In this episode, I share some strategies to help international schools mitigate the concerns and capitalise on some of those opportunities that COVID has brought to our schools. And this ends with a five-point checklist that every leader can use straight away in your school. So stick around for that. Hey everyone, I'm Shane Leaning. Welcome to Travel Ed, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I work in teaching and leadership development. And in this show, I get to know the teachers, leaders and innovators making a difference around the world. Now that involves interviews every other week and short reflections in between from me. And that's what today's episode is. If you like this show, I'd really love to hear from you. I'm an avid Twitter user, so you can find me there using my handle at LeaningShane, and I will respond to all messages. I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram, and you can find those links in the show notes. So COVID's posed a lot of challenges to our schools, right? But it's also presented opportunities for us to reassess and to reshape the way we're thinking about our teaching and learning practices. Last week, I spoke with educational psychologist Dr. Angie Wigford, and we had a fascinating conversation on how COVID's impacted international education. We talked a lot about how schools should embrace a new normal during these post-COVID times, learning from some of the challenges it presented, such as slower literacy development, and also building on some of those opportunities. Now, one of those opportunities was technology-driven learning. So during the lockdown, technology played a huge role in ensuring the continuity in education, especially in our international schools. At one school I work with, they actually took this as an opportunity to totally overhaul their teaching methods when they got back from online learning. So they integrated software like Microsoft Teams for collaboration, but also in their case for, for example, personalised language development, they used tools like LanguageNut and Myon both to which I'll link in the show notes. And the success of this approach resulted in the integration of these tools in their post-COVID classrooms, offering a blend of traditional and digital learning. And no, this didn't mean sitting students in front of devices all day long, but what it does mean is using our awareness of those tech tools we know had an impact during remote learning and bringing them in where they might add value. Secondly, how can we foster student autonomy? So the pandemic lockdowns saw many students stepping up to the plate, showing remarkable adaptability to independent learning. And it was common for teachers to set more of these extended style projects during the lockdowns that students could complete at their own pace. And many teachers reported that students really rose to these challenges. And I've heard of schools that favoured traditional approaches before lockdowns, now implementing extended research projects afterwards allowing students to deep dive into the topics that interest them. In these times, you'd provide support and resources, but the direction and pace would be dictated by the students. Now, how do we balance the scales in this new normal then? So we're obviously not about to totally revolutionise education, although maybe recent AI moves suggest change might be coming a little faster than we think. But one thing we can do is to use a blended learning model. So one international school that I know has implemented flipped classrooms ever since students have been back. Students now learn the concepts at home through online resources and the school hours are devoted to collaborative activities, discussions, things like problem solving. And this model plays to the strengths of both the tech competence and social learning. And it's nothing new. This concept's been around for a while now, 
But what COVID did was provide an opportunity to lean into this approach after a period of testing. So another area I discussed with Angie in the last episode was the emotional well-being of our students and our staff. So many schools I support implemented mindfulness exercises, free yoga classes for staff and even mental health awareness workshops as I'm sure many of your schools also did. And more than that, they established peer support systems, really empowering students to provide the emotional support to their fellow learners. Yet so many of those amazing systems actually came to a halt when students returned to school full time. I think the power here is to really keep that engine running. The need is still there. And by nurturing the well-being, I reckon leaders can also expect greater outcomes in the school, both in terms of student outcomes but also things like teacher retention, something that I know many international schools struggle with. So, as we move towards this new normal, we've got to be prepared for those structural changes. Asynchronous learning, for example, has proven its worth during the lockdown. It's a powerful tool to include in our arsenal. So can we move parts of our curriculum online? Can we provide recorded lessons to students that they can access at their own convenience? Would this allow students to therefore learn at their own pace and provide a flexibility that respects their individual learning preferences? Now, of course, there are so many hurdles to these kinds of changes and implementing these changes might initially meet with resistance in your school. And here, this is where communication is paramount. So my advice would be to maintain a transparent dialogue with all your stakeholders, really explaining the reasoning behind new initiatives and always inviting feedback. This open-minded approach can really help you refine your strategies based on those real-time responses, because we're all learning, this is new to us all. And as we implement these changes, we should be thinking about how we equip our staff with those necessary skills they need. So CPD is a priority. So offer regular training sessions on the use of, for example, new ed tech tools, or understanding student mental health issues, you know, just as a few examples. As we journey towards this new normal, our goal should be on creating an environment where everyone can thrive. This period of change really does represent a huge and unique opportunity to enhance our educational systems to be more resilient, to be more flexible and importantly to be more student-centric. So let's finish with a quick checklist of what you need to consider as a leader when implementing your new normal. Firstly, Identify a few edtech tools that you use during remote learning that you think could complement your existing curriculum and the classroom setups. Secondly, have a think about how you might encourage student autonomy through introducing things like projects and tasks that allow for more independent exploration in the classroom. And linked to that, number three, can you design a blended learning model that combines the best of both online and traditional learning? Four is to establish strategies to promote emotional well-being amongst students and staff. And five, really importantly, providing professional development opportunities to teachers, focusing on new learning methods and also those student well-being parts. So I would suggest go away and have a play. See how these can best fit into your school's unique context. And remember, implementing these changes will take time and it will take a bit of patience. But with open communication, adaptability and a focus on that student-centric learning, I reckon we can establish a new normal that benefits everyone. Travel Ed is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning. Original music by Guillermo Silva. 
If you do like the show, please do subscribe or follow and help spread the word by giving a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can also follow along and join the conversation on social media using those links I mentioned in the show notes. See you next week.